Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello. How are you? I hope you're good. So this is the third episode of the Honest Generation podcast. and my second guest. So my second guest is Tara O'Neill Chambers, um, a very good friend of mine. Um, she's the loveliest, loveliest person um and such good fun and she was like a perfect candidate for this podcast because she was so honest and vulnerable and real and brave and talked about a lot of stuff anyone myself included would find really hard to discuss um but she talked about everything so openly and without a filter and it was loads of fun we had so much fun um the podcast was actually really long it was like two and a half hours long so I spent all of today editing it um, just so that it's a, a bit shorter, a bit more like palatable because it's only so much you could listen to one thing. Um, but we talked about a load of different things. We talked about um, the leave insert, um, Tara's experience coming from Calvin, going to college in Galway, why she chose Galway. Um, you know, she lived in Dominic Street, so her experience living in uh, like the centre of Galway. And um, we talked about mental health and what else did we talk about? Um, loads of things. Um, loads of things and you know uh, some bits are funny and some bits are a bit heavy but um, anyways I hope you really like it um, and thanks for listening again if you get a chance like uh, rate it on Apple Podcast if you can or share in your story or tell your friends about it but I need uh, uh, more lads to come on just so we get a more balanced perspective um, so I understand like a lot of people don't want to um, because it's like a hard thing to do and quite uncomfortable um, but if anyone would be up for it or wants to even try, you know, we can try. And if you don't, um, uh, like, you know, hearing your voice back or whatever, we can delete it, we can scrap it or edit it out or whatever. But, um, I really do, um, need more, um, diversity. So if you, um, feel like you'd be interested or your friend would be interested, please send me a message. And, um, again, thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Um, hi, my name is Tara. I am 21 years old. I'm from Cavan. And Kim asked me to come on this podcast. I don't know, like to share my personal experiences because I feel like, no, I'm, I'm being genuine. Like I actually think it's a very good space to kind of share different people's experiences. Like it's very important, like, and even like, as you were saying before, you get to know people. Well, I feel personally, I've gotten to know people more like through COVID. Yeah. Because you, everything like is always so like busy. You're always doing something. You're going somewhere. You never just are like going for a walk and being like, oh, how are you? Yeah. You know, it's, there's more time to like nearly think now. 
you yeah. know there's no distractions like there's nothing else to be at and you just kind of can get down to the important things with people and like what is actually going on in their life or whatever at a certain time yeah it's nice you're actually in a unique position kind of because you listened to the last two podcasts so, yeah true actually um what do you think about them and what do you think about coming on maybe um I thought they were so relatable to be honest like and I was really like proud of you to be honest and you Emma like I was very like oh I know them you know like it's really nice to, like hear somebody else's story and even for you to be so confident and to go on and take that leap like because there's so many people like that would be interested in podcasts or like talking about themselves or talking about their personal experiences and they never actually kind of take that leap and go the next step and do like do a podcast or do something like that or a blog or whatever and um yeah like I'm proud of you like it's very it's admirable thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> thanks that's really nice <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that genuinely. Thank you. <laughs> and you're in third year of. I'm doing general science. Yeah, I knew that. Um, I was just asking you. I just wanted you to talk. Um, specialising now in biochemistry. Yeah. Well, very interesting. Not really. Um. Yeah, I came to Galway. Basically, I didn't get what I wanted in my leaving cert. Like I, I didn't actually know what I wanted to do, but I. Were you disappointed? Yeah, I think I was. I always like. I remember like doing my leaving cert and being so, it became so easy to me. I remember getting like eight A's or something and it was just like, oh yeah. Like, what, junior leaving cert? No, like, in junior cert, sorry, oh, sorry, in junior cert. And yeah. then I went into leaving cert being like, not that this is easy, but like, you know, I don't have to work that hard. Do you yeah. know, like, I'm, I, it's fine. I can do a little bit and it'll be fine because that's what junior cert was to me. Yeah, do you know, fair. it all came very easily to me and I got some shock. Like I just kind of kept, pushing off like doing the study and thinking like because I'm such a last minute person I just thought it'll be fine like it'd be grand in the end but it wasn't like and I didn't do bad but it wasn't what I thought I was gonna get I don't know but I I didn't have this big plan like I and can I just ask you how did you feel like before you opened your results do you remember I didn't want to open them I think I knew then it dawned on me like I had not done enough work Mm. to get what I wanted okay I was so disappointed in myself I remember just like I just cried. Like, I just didn't. I, I don't know. I think it really hit me then. It was like, you have you to... You still did so well. Though. Yeah, if you have to work to get what you want. Do you know, like, I just... I had this... And I did do... I did work, but I didn't do as much as I could. Like, I didn't study as hard as I could, you know, and try as much as I could. And do you think you're being hard on yourself there? Do you no, think if you had no. done that, you'd be in happier Like No, no. I'm... No, I don't think that the amount of points can make you happy. Yeah, fair. But... I think I was just disappointed in myself because I knew that it was all for myself. It wasn't for anyone else. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can only do your leaving cert, well, you can choose to do it twice. But like, mm. I I only did my leaving cert once. And yeah. I think, I honestly think the leaving cert will haunt me for the rest of my life. Like, it really knocked, like, I think I was in this la di da di da di da going out, everything's great. I'm so, I don't know, I didn't even think I was clever, but like, life's good, you know. Yeah. I'm just flying along. And then this massive wall, and I just shook me like you know I'd never seen anything like this before like I'd never had something that didn't go my way yeah. and it kind of I I don't know it was, it was really strange and that's not from like a bratty kind of like I get everything I want it was more just like so. uh, confused I don't know it was it, 
probably just like growing up, like realizing, yeah. you know, sometimes it's not that easy. Yes. Sometimes there's different hurdles and there's different barriers and you mightn't, it mightn't just go yeah. a straight path. You might have to... Your first taste of adulthood. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, I honestly think so. And I, I honestly, like... I think it has kind of haunted me. Like, I'm only getting over it now, which is oh, really... Damn. No, I'm not even messing. Like, when the Leave Insert results come out, I remember I turned off my phone last year. Isn't that so weird? Oh. Yeah, I knew. But I knew. I remember, like, Rachel sending in to the group chat what her sister got. And I remember she's like, <laughs> no, 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 bye. I'm not... Ha I can't deal with this yet. Yeah. I'm so... Like, I do do that. If, I'm, if I can't deal with it, I just get rid of it. But yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. and I never really pinpointed that as... Uh, massive like significant event yeah but it obviously was I think from that point a lot of things with me changed that kind of like yeah what would you say started or knock maybe I knock know. on effect kind of started this whole like change in my I don't know like my fundamental beliefs as a child like just yeah things coming easy I don't know like it's a weird thing to think about but like yeah fair though you know that sometimes things don't always go to plan mm. so basically I didn't go to college that year mm. like I wasn't and in a way it was kind of a blessing I wasn't ready like I was a baby mm. but um I went and did a PLC in Cavan Institute and I didn't I, like I did not want to be there like I every single minute I just no that's not fair for the first week like I was like I fucking hate this I hate it I hate it I hate it I don't want to be here because mm. I was watching other people in my year going off to Dublin and going mm, off yeah, and, and I was still so at hard. home and I was still at home and even like I didn't do TY because I wanted to go to college like I was so you know sure of myself no like I'm going to college I don't want to spend another year in Cavan like and then to stay back and do this course in Cavan Institute like yeah I was heartbroken but like I and don't why did you cho choose to do that course do you know why is because you didn't know what you wanted to do or you didn't want your first option on the CAO yeah, so, so I got... So you said your first option was podiatry? Podiatry. Is that feet? Feet. Oh, feet. Man. I don't even know if I knew what that meant. What? I'm not... I, like, I honestly, I remember, like... Mm. Like, I was in London with the girls when I got that. And I remember getting home. Like, On Mab a babysitter holiday? Yeah, it was kind of. Like, we... Mm. It was like a little baby holiday. Because yeah. we... Um, because the other girls weren't in, like, haven't done their leaving cert. There was yeah. only two of us that did the leaving cert. But, like, we do a little baby, like, baby. four, <laughs> a little four-day holiday, like, yeah. venture around London. I think we were mad bitches. Like, half of us weren't even 18, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember getting home and, like, telling mommy and being like, podiatry. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, what, did you even put that on your CEO? Apparently, like, I genuinely didn't know, mm. which was awful. And I was like, looks like I'm doing podiatry. And she was like, no, you're not doing podiatry. No, you're not. Why does she hate feet? No, but she was just like, Tara, you don't even know what that means. Like, I'm not sending you and paying for college in Galway. You haven't even, you literally haven't even thought about that. Like, last week you thought you were going to Dublin. And I was like, yeah, but sure, that's what everyone does. I think you just meant to kind of take what you're given. And she was like, no, you are not doing a course that you have absolutely zero interest or even know what the word means. No. Mm. And I remember just being like, eh, she'll change her mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to go away. Yeah. It was so weird. Um, okay, so PLC course. That's actually where we initially deviated from. <laughs> yeah, okay. You so didn't like it. I did. Like, I liked what I was doing. I didn't like the fact that I was in Cavan still. Like, Cavan is so... No hate to Cavan. But, like, it's just so small and so, like, there's nothing there. You know, like, there's no... It's not as exciting as like Dublin or Galway. It's very just small and 
everyone knows each other and like I don't know how to explain it like it's grand and there's mm. probably people that absolutely love cabin but for me personally it's just not it doesn't fulfill me you know yeah. like it's you want more from it or something or I personally want more from it so I was just kind of disappointed that I was there for another year but I did out the PLC course and I did um I think it was science and what did you do in the course I'm just curious like myself okay so it's like like you know you can get like a level five or level six from it yeah and then you can use that as like a stepping stone to different courses or like you can get into like courses in England and stuff. So, mm. um, so yeah, like you can kind of use that as like a stepping stone course or whatever. So there's loads of different people that like didn't get what they wanted in Lubricer or didn't, or even just like people that have changed. Like there, I remember in my class, there was like a 35 year old woman who just wanted to change her career. And, mm. you know, it's just, it's a really, it's brilliant. Like it's actually a very good yeah. thing that they have in Cabin and it's very successful in Cabin. Um, but I just didn't want to be there. And it's right. the same, if you don't want to be somewhere, you're not really going to enjoy it. Mm. Um, but I was really lucky. There was actually a girl, I didn't know anyone that was going, mm. but there was a few girls that I would have went to school with that I actually was really like good friends with. They weren't in my immediate friend group, but I would have got on well with them. And I remember one of them texted me like the day before, being like, oh, I, I heard you're going to Cabin Institute. And I was like, are you? And she was like, yeah. I remember she's like, like a so friend, good, yeah. a friend, thank God. And like, it's so good though. Yeah, it's amazing. It and only for her, like, she was my bestie. Like, we yeah. just did everything together and we nearly took the pace out of the other one, which was bad. But, like, you know, once you yeah. have that little companion, it's like worth going in for. Yeah, it's so true. Like, it's even like um, when you're like working in a place, like your coworkers make all the difference. Literally. Like. And if you were on your own doing that, like, if it's shit or it's like boring, you have someone there taking the piss with you, it's fine. Yeah. You get through it kind of. I mean, if you were like, if you think about it, if you were in like Bali and you were looking at this amazing scene, but you were with a group of people that you actually didn't connect with and you didn't really yeah, true. get on with, you you wouldn't appreciate it. You wouldn't be able to like share that with them. You yeah. couldn't, you know, appreciate it like through each other. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same kind of thing. But yeah, how did you feel after the PLC was over? Um, I was happy. So actually in that... Um, year we had to do like different things I don't even know who I was talking to you know who I actually was it was Brian's brother Dara was in my class which is so random like he was in my class in Cabin Institute I remember him going on about this course in Galway and I think that's how I I don't remember how like but I never knew it existed like the course I'm doing now like I didn't know it was a thing mm. Um, like science in Galway and I hadn't really I don't know how like it's so bizarre like I just hadn't come across it so I was like oh I think that could be what I want to do and then I kind of had a plan like I thought about it mom and dad were obviously a lot happier that like you know from about May onwards I kind of decided what I was doing with my life and yeah I'd done this like PLC so I kind of got a taster into like biology chemistry you know like what I basically was doing when I went into first year so you know I could say yeah I do I like it I want to do that mm. um yeah and that's kind of then how I how I got into my course in Galway. <laughs> yeah. So you moved down to Galway and you landed down in Dominic Street. Mm-hmm. And had you ever been to Galway before? Um, no. That's Isn't mad. that so weird? Like, Did you even come down for an open day or anything? Yeah, I came down for an open day with mum and my sister and I, I don't know, it was all a bit of a blur. I was just still in La La Land then. Like, yeah. You know, it was just like, yeah, we'll go there. Sure, we'll, we'll spend our Saturday going yeah. to Galway. Like, um, but no, I had never really like experienced Galway. And I remember it was Rachel's sister actually that came with us the day that we found the house of Dominic Street. And she was like, girls, 
you used to not realise how good of a house this is. Like, literally, Shop Street's like two minutes away. And we were like, Shop Street? What's that? Like, you know, we hadn't a clue. And she's like, oh, so it's so funny the amount of people, like, who would be gagging for that house. Yes. Like, I love that you and didn't know. Just didn't understand. I remember looking on Snap and I was like, oh, pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't a clue where I was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she was like, yeah, like, Penny's is up there. Like, oh, Penny's, yeah, it must be good. So, like, yeah, it's so yeah. weird. But, um, yeah, like, that was... It was so fun. Like, I remember going and, like, getting all our little bits. Like, being like, oh, my yeah. girly house. We're going to have candles and fairy lights. And, you know, all yeah, the usual yeah. shit. doing are going to be hauling pennies. Yeah. Like. So, Tara moved into Dominic Street. This time me and Kim met each other. In first year. And she was the apartment. She lived in the apartment below us. And I lived above um, with Ava, Mary, and Eva Gavin. And so they were like literally directly below us. And I remember they were the only, they were the only students. Oh, apart from the lads next door. Yeah. Yeah, actually so funny. So they were below us in first year. So this is two years ago. And it was her and two other girls. And then next door, next door was three lads. Four and lads. Four lads. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we were very excited about the four lads next door because like they were from a cabin, which made them kind of exotic. <laughs> it did though. And um, it was unreal moving out. You had all your freedom. You didn't... Did you ever... When did you start to realise or did you ever start to realise what a great spot it was or did anyone ever tell you? No, I kind of knew. Like, I remember people being like, I have to get a taxi home from a night out. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, I was yeah. running across the fucking bridge. I, I remember, yeah. For some reason, after we were McDonald's out. under armpit and just <laughs> legging it <laughs> After every night out in that, like in first year Dominic Street, you always ran home. I don't know why. I remember the girls just like Giovanni's, like run to Giovanni's bathtub, still put the coat in, sprint up the apartment. There'd be like 15 people in your apartment and you don't know who they are, and you're like, yeah. But yeah. um, No, that's so funny. Yeah. It was a great spot. It was, it was class. It was great. Like, you couldn't knock it. Like, what do you think? Like, I remember literally having no money. Like, it would get to like, the end of the week and you'd be on like a tenner and I'd be like nice one everyone's gonna give me a tenner for petrol tomorrow because I had no money and be like oh yeah maybe if I fill up like 45 in the car instead of or no what would it have been 35 in the car I could get myself a burger in supermax at junction 16 that would be my mentality that's fucking weird like isn't that so pure in a backward <laughs> way so pure though like oh know. did I ever tell you about the time actually coming out of junction 16 I put a Mac chicken, or not a mac chicken sandwich, what would you call it? A chicken breast meal? What's that from Supermax now? Like a, a chicken burger or a chicken like, breast no, sandwich meal? vegetarian stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, what is it? Do you know like the chicken breast sandwich or something? You know the one I'm yeah. on about? Is that like the, the really big one? Yeah, the big fat mm. thing. So good. No, <laughs> and um, I basically like got in the car, opened up the car, it was like letting the people in. Do you know in my old car you had to like pull up the seat? Yeah. It was letting people in the bag and left the car or the burger on top of the car, right? Yeah. Drove on, got in, drove on. And then realised as I was like turning out that the, f- I was like, where's my burger? And I like turned out of Junction 16 like really fast. Next thing out the back window to see me. <laughs> and I was like, no, my burger. So I stopped and I put my hazards on and I fucking got my burger on my head. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Like, Was it still in the packaging? Yeah, it was still, do you know the way? Like it yeah. came out of the box, but you know the way it's like wrapped in like yeah. a little paper. <laughs> no way, no shade. <laughs> but like... I paid for it. It's like it's no, dear. It's right. like seven eight. It is dear. I just remember burger. like seeing it like in the back window, like the rear view mirror, yeah. and the little red box. Going, yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> so fair though. Right. Dominic Street. Sorry. Anything else significant in first year? First year of college, first year moving out. Um, I think I was just a bit of a, a mad bitch, you know? Like, there's that mentality of like, there was like a lot of characters in within the group that like, you know, we were kind of around like in the house and whatever, and there was like different stuff going on. And I feel like I, I wanted to fit in. Like I wanted everyone to be my friend. I wanted to be like, you know, Harris sound, you know, like mm. just doing stuff that I probably, like I wouldn't have done if my granny was watching me. I wouldn't have done if my mother was watching me. I probably wouldn't have done if my siblings were watching me. Do you know that kind of thing? Like stuff that when were I look doing- back, I'm not. Were you doing stuff that you wanted to do and you didn't have any pressure on you, or were you doing it to fit in? I was doing it to fit in. <laughs> like, yeah. and that's not. It's not. It's not good or bad. It is what it is. Like. I know, but it kind of makes me look. I suppose. I was like weak, like mentality at that time. Do you know? Like, I didn't have much. Respect a harsh word for myself. <clears throat> but like I don't know like I'm definitely not proud of it I wouldn't sit back and be like yeah I'd do that again do you know that kind of way but would you say you wouldn't do it again because you you've been there done that and you know you don't want to do it again or are you do you know what I mean do you really feel like you need to feel shame over st- stuff like that you know yeah no I like a certain amount of it I feel like you genuinely do need to like get out of your system yeah do you know that kind of way like I feel like now I'm completely fulfilled and satisfied with like the amount of say going out and stuff. Like when the pubs and stuff open, I won't be like running to electric. And, well, I missed you so much. Like I'm just not like that anymore. Do you know though? I'm not like. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just wish that electric was a person. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I don't know, like, I'd much rather, like, go to Taylor's and get, like, a pint of Guinness and I'd just be happy out. Do you yeah. know, like, a really simple thing. Um, I forgot the question was. Um, it was... Oh, we were talking about, like, not being embarrassed or, like... Yeah, like, do you truly hold shame over stuff? That happened the first year. I'm just not... So, no, but, like, some things. Like, not shame. Like, not where I'm constantly, like, hating on myself, being, like, stupid no, like, I just kind of, if I was to do it again, I learned from it, a lot of it, like, but there would be some things that would kind of stick in my head that would be like, I wouldn't do that again. Do you know, even, like, if I could weigh out what I learned from it and how it affected me, I would cut it out because how it affected me weighed out what I learned, if you know what I mean. Yeah, fair. So it's not really yeah. that beneficial, do you know? Yeah, fair. For your growth. I don't know if you felt like this, or even you, Emma, like, not being in Carib, but, like, it was such a... I remember, like, going into college, and everyone was like, oh, my God, yeah, this stone's so from Carib. And I was like, oh, I'm not in Carib. Like, it was such a click. Yeah. And there, like, wasn't that... Like, being out of that, I think I really isolated myself, like, not going... I didn't... To, hands up, I didn't go to college, no. But, you know, there was a lot of people that, like... I didn't get to know and they all kind of knew each other like from being yeah. in Carib and like nights out and stuff. I can understand how you'd feel like that especially coming from a different county and yeah. not knowing that many people anyways. Yeah. Um, I didn't experience that myself but I also think that's because no I can so and I know a lot of people did experience like a FOMO from Carb, but I didn't because we had such a massive group. Yeah. yeah. Of, of the same such thing. a yeah, massive group. Had your... So 
it was hard to you didn't need any more friends. friends. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, it is so weird. And you know the way like you hear people saying like you don't need loads of friends. Like you have your little few friends. I think it will always kind of filter down. Doesn't matter how many you start with, you'll always find like the real ones. Like at the end, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it will always yeah. kind of filter down to that. Yeah. And like. I don't know. Like, even the fact out of, like, Dominic Street, and I wasn't, I did not, like, kind of, for, like, a first year in college, I didn't kind of, um, what's the word, kind of spread myself out, like, among people enough. Like, I didn't really socialise as much as you would be expected to, do you know? Like, I didn't really make all these friends and, like, I don't know. But I feel like I mean, the friends... What, I, what do you think is expected of people going to college, socialising? I don't know. Maybe it was just because, like, I'm there not, so like, many cabin people going. I'm just curious myself, like... Yeah, I, yeah, maybe I just have, like, a misconception of that. But, like, I kind of feel satisfied in I find enough people that I love around me. Do you know, from yeah. them experiences, like, I don't I don't think I would have found anyone new or benefited yeah. from more people. Yeah, kind of but I do wonder, do a lot of people, like, who go into college... Or do they come away from it like unfulfilled with the amount of friends they made? If they had it in their head, they're going to make a lot of friends. I wonder, Maybe. do a lot Thank of people feel like that, you know? I don't know. I think um, that's based on the person. What do you think, like Waters? I don't know. I think with like, um, with our group, there's so many. And like, oh, I just think um, it's a lot of effort to make friends with people. Mm. And like, it's very easy yeah. just to get like, you know, stuff with your crapple group or your cabin group, like, yeah, yeah, you know, completely. and, like, I know they're always, like, we have such a great group of friends, like, I know they're always there and stuff, yeah. but, like, even at that, like, now I nearly have a fear of making more friends because, like, you're, like, the effort you have yeah. to go through. More people to let down as well. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. You know? We were actually talking about this the other day of, like, just, like, the subject of flakiness and how when you make friends, you actually to a certain degree sometimes you owe them something you owe them time and commitment and sometimes it can be a lot of pressure and like making new friends sometimes is like a responsibility that you don't want to take on because you don't want to um have more people in your life that you can let down isn't it weird isn't it weird like that concept it is and do you think that's gotten worse like i know myself i've become more nearly of an introvert no i don't know if i call it an introvert but like just since like COVID and lockdown, not to mention COVID, but like, you know, you do kind of, because you're seeing less people and you're not needing to make so much effort socially, you kind of go in yourself and you get very comfortable with the few people in your group. And when there's anything that kind of challenges you outside of that, you're nearly kind of reluctant. You're like, oh, do I want to go to, for coffee with them? You know, it's really weird. Like, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be a, I don't know, someone that would be kind of, anxious about them kind of situations but I've started to be sometimes like I kind of would be mm, I don't know if I want to do that you know yeah. it kind of it's more of an effort like rather than it just being like yeah grant so and so at whatever time it's kind of like you overthink it and you're like have we actually got the social energy for that today mm. do you know it's I don't know it's weird do you feel like you can relate to that um like I feel like you can play the COVID excuse now and like maybe Ooh, for <laughs> no, but like you know maybe for like things that you didn't want to go to like before or like you know you were just too busy or like you know you just I don't know wanted to relax for the evening like and you could just like probably play the COVID card and not like get as judged by it mm-hmm. as or like feel as guilty from saying like letting down your friends you know yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, like, I think that would, that's probably all I've done. I don't know, like, even we were having discussions recently about, like, extroverts and introverts, and, like, how many of us actually take a step back and say, like, what actually am I? I feel like I personally was so, before, like, lockdown, I constantly was, like, having a part-time job. Like, I literally used to work in a hotel. I do, I come home at the weekend, I do a split shift Saturday. So I'd be working, like, I don't know, like, nine or ten hours on Saturday, and then I'd do uh, eight or nine-hour shift on Sunday, and then I'd go straight back to Galway. Like, I'd barely see anyone at home. Mommy would, yeah. like, you use this place as a and b Do you know? And, like, I was so busy, I didn't really... I was kind of just, like, doing what I had to do. I don't know if I was really, like, content or... Do you know what I mean? I never had time for myself. Like, I didn't even know what that was. Like, COVID was such a shock for me. It was nearly, like, uncomfortable, the amount of time and the amount of time I had to think. Like, it was... Yeah. The first lockdown was actually horrible. Like, mm. it was so uncomfortable. Like, the amount of inner thoughts. And I'd just be like, fuck, nothing to, like, cover this with. And I'd go on a run or I'd do, like, loads of exercise. Distract still, yourself. Yeah, and you'd still have... You couldn't get away from it. Do you know, like, at work, you haven't got your phone. You haven't got... It's very hard when you're sitting in your house to completely get away from certain thoughts if it's yeah do you know them like intrusive kind of sticky thoughts absolutely and you just haven't got anyone else kind of mm. at you or like interacting with you to take mm. it away absolutely it's literally like and I always think of it um like in my own counseling sessions like uh my counselor said to me like years ago but she always says to me like now she's just like sit with it like grief or any sort of pain that comes in sit with it and I used to not understand that I'm like why the fuck would I want to sit with a horrible emotion when I could be and I also I used to think like with the law of attraction like positive vibes I'm like if I stay in a shitty emotion I'm going to attract shitty events and things to myself yeah and I'm going to just be like wallowing um so I'd always try and be like no like you know do burpees, like run, yeah, like just, yeah, yeah. just do anything like, do anything like to make yourself feel good. But when she said that, and now I understand now like the importance and like significance of like sitting with your own uncomfortable thoughts, intrusive thoughts, like horrible feelings. If you can sit with yourself and not look for anything to mask it, like drink or cigarettes or attention or whatever, like any sort of addiction or any sort of high if you can just like sit with those horrible feelings until they ease or maybe they don't ease. It's just the simplest thing that all of us can do. But like no one ever talks about the power in that. Like if you actually want to um, dissipate grief or heal from things, you have to sit in it and like let it, let it be yeah. and let it go naturally. But like I've never heard anyone say that before apart from say my counselor saying that to me. And then, like, discussing it with other people. I've been like, I only actually healed from this when I sat with myself for a while. But I think that's really uncomfortable. Like, that's it's against, so hard. It's against your, like, nature. It's kind of like meditation as well. Yeah. Like, sitting with your own thoughts. It's the if hardest thing to do. If something's hurting you and it's kind of... It's really painful. You're not going to want to sit there and dwell on it and keep, mm. like, mulling over it or whatever. Like, it's going to hurt you. So I suppose it's kind of in your nature to just shut it out and get rid of it and focus on something else, you know? yeah. It's, it is the most natural thing, but there's so many arguments that are, like, counterintuitive when they're like, oh, you know, if you feel bad, go for a run, exercise, journal, yeah. be positive, it's mindfulness. So, and that is, like... we were talking about that? Like, yeah, toxic positivity, like, yeah. Yeah, or even, like, it's so easy to look up the things that fix these. Okay, I'm anxious. What fixes? If you look up Google, it's, like, exercise, um, eat healthy, 
you know, no alcohol. Mindfulness. Uh, yeah, yeah, and mindfulness, journal, like all these things. And it's like, there's no quick fix to them things. Yeah. You know, like you can't just start running for 20 minutes every day and that's going to like fix everything. Do you know, yeah. it's not just going to align. That might not work for you. But all the, like all those things are great. Oh yeah, they are. They are great, but like, yeah. but like. Or maybe not even just sit with yourself, but like have that like little fire in your belly being like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm yeah. the only one that can fix this. I'm the only one. And it's not the running. It's not the healthy eating. It's not the whatever that's going to fix it. It's like just the whole power of your mind in general, yeah. sorting it out for yourself. You know, it's not like changing one thing. Like if you're spending 12 hours a day sitting on your phone, like finding, say, Instagram toxic or something like that, and then you go for a run, that's not going to fix for half an hour. That's not going to f- like cut out them 12 hours of toxicity. Do you know? Yeah. It's like your whole self, like working on what you want to be and it's not going to be easy like anything like that it's such a long process but just I don't know you need like you need to want it you need to like want yeah. to fix it you need to that is the thing have you that, need like, to want it in your belly you need to want to help yourself and you need to know yes. what you want to it's so contrasting but like I value so much the like um fighting and allowing yeah and that sounds so like random but like there's you have to fight like bad emotions and like you know demons or whatever or your own like stuff that happens to you you have to get up in the morning and you fight it sometimes but then like some there's such power in allowing like allow the pain allow the feelings allow do you know what I mean yeah I don't know it's like more I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense but I do think that it's so like it's nearly more courageous to instead of doing to sit there with the uncomfortableness instead of being like okay I'm gonna go on a walk I'm gonna do all these things I'm gonna be productive and then it's nearly harder to sit there and actually be like okay this thing hurt me this thing hurt me and like go through it slowly and be just like with it in your you know in your person or whatever like on your own like that is I would say that's arguably harder yeah to kind of accept it and it's kind of like the argument between like how to raise your self-esteem like exercise a journal do all these perfect things like do your passions um you know work hard they all raise your self-esteem but then you also have to know that your actions aren't your worth like you are enough by yourself before you do any of those things yeah so you have to feel enough by sitting, say, for example, like in a chair for a day, you are enough that day and you are the same the next day if you do 100 things. You're yeah. enough just as you are. But it's just like, how do we how do we get this balance between activity and non-activity, allowing and fighting? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes though, you might be like aware of it and you're like, like, you know, you could go through like, a traumatic stage or whatever and then you're sort of carrying on life and you're you don't know how to deal with it and I know like with myself like I nearly have to consciously think like how do I actually feel about this now like because you're so busy is it yeah or like I maybe just like gloss over yeah I'd I'd block it out like I'd be like no that didn't happen or like it it happened a month ago it's over now Mm -hmm. and like don't deal with the sort of aftermath of it process it and just yeah yeah and like I know like because then like I've heard like you know 
it could be a few years later then down the road and you're like oh my god I just went through trauma and I didn't realize yeah. it you know that way yeah. um so like I know now anyways I'm like I try and like consciously think of how I feel about like x you know that way yeah. like and today or like and if I'm like fine about it but I know sometimes though you mightn't I don't know if this is making sense now. No, it absolutely is. Like, you know, I, yeah. you do block it out and then it could be a year later and you actually feel the emotions it in you, you know. It, yeah, yeah, it I hurts like. get that, yeah. Um, because you're nearly, you're so, I don't know if it's like a self-defense thing, you're so like resilient at the time, you're so strong and it's only like when that kind of, I don't know if it's you run out of energy or that just kind of breaks down and then you think back to them times and it hurts then it's like oh my god like yeah. that really that was a hard time for me like I was really struggling at the time and you didn't kind of notice it because I don't know it's maybe it's like fight or flight like you're just surviving like you're just yeah. doing the best that you can do in that time you know to get by mm-hmm. and then once it's an easier time like the surroundings have kind of gotten better or whatever your situation's kind of gotten better then you nearly emotionally explore that and like break down like what's happened and I don't know it's a process like I feel yeah. any of them things are very it takes a long time to yeah. get over it like yeah. there's different stages of yeah I know with myself like I would always get sad in the night time and I, it's it's so clear now when you see it and you're like you know the day winds down like all your activities are done and you're just lying in bed with your thoughts and mm-hmm. next thing you're like it hits There's you and you're no like distraction. Yeah, yeah it's just like pure emotion then like yeah. but it is hard but like I think yeah you do just have to address it at the time well I there is there a right way at the same I, time I think you know? every single person is different like there's no like instructions there's no like set thing it's like okay if you go through something you need to do this you're going to grieve for this amount of days like every person is so individual and I think I, I don't know like there's no formula for it do you know what I mean yeah. like it's so individual yeah and it's healthy to like cry it's healthy to hurt and like feel them emotions but then I suppose there is I don't know it's a hard one it's so hard but like what you were saying there about like nighttime it, it being worse in for general trauma yeah um that makes me feel like really sad for you because I know you said this before but like I would hate to think of you going to bed in a sad place yeah, once you do you, do you do you cry it out and then do you just go to sleep or what well um well I mainly noticed it when my dad passed away might as well say it um because I miss it and I think about it and like but I don't know you just have to like for me I just feel that he's here and like that's how I'm grieving him now you know that way but like it is amazing because like you wouldn't think about him and then next thing it's like like because you you know you do distract yourself naturally and like you don't want to like be thinking of all of that like how sick he was and stuff like that and everything you went through all the emotion that's there and then I don't know it just it's it's the night time for me I like shut like you know everything shuts down and then you know the emotions there or whatever but like you know I have my tools that I know I know how to calm myself down and I, I know how to let it out too like and like you know some people pray and like you know different things like you know but like don't worry don't be worrying about me like <laughs> no, you know I know. But it you know I just I found it weird 
um and like it is sort of only realizing it that like thinking about it that like it is the night time and it is because I am distracted distracting myself throughout the day but you know it's coping like and probably because you're tired too and you know like it's more energy to kind of keep focusing on what you're focusing on through the day and you know keeping them thoughts up and whatever and then you like lie down and you're just tired like you know you're tired of keeping it like keeping it happy all day Mm. and like that is that's not easy yeah and like no one wants to be the wallower like either like you know and like you're not I know I know I know you're honestly amazing like I choose but like (laughs) You know, everyone has their own different ways. Like, you know, some people, like, it will become their life. Like, a big trauma will become, consume them. And, like, you just... Yeah, you just need to, um, you know, you just need to, like... Well, for me, anyways, I don't want that. I just want to, like, do my own thing soon, you know? Um, But, like, yeah, it's important to deal with it, obviously. Do you want to talk about second year? Do you feel there's a need in Bovermore? Um, no, I feel like second year was a nice contrast from first year. Like, first year was very, like, crazy. Do you know? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, um, you ended up uh, finding a little boyfriend for yourself in first year. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, or do you want to? No, like, yeah, I, I will. Like, Because, um, you know, the boyfriend that you have now, will we name him? No. I think we named them already. Oh yeah, we'll call him Rian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Rian. But yeah, was that your first like proper relationship? Um, no. Like I had other relationships like before that, but like I wouldn't say that. No, like this is my proper first relationship. Like, um, on like a like an adult relationship where you actually you're like coming up against adult situations and like yeah I don't know having to like get through them I think being in college there's loads of different things even like I find actually having somebody who had had previous relationships that's kind of something I'd never experienced before do you know like because me and Brian became friends before we ever were a thing so like I knew everything about him good bad ugly whatever like and it obviously made me like I still love him you know but I think it's a really different dynamic when you know everything about that person do you know what I mean like it's really hard to like not really hard that's not fair but like to know all the different people they've been with and like them to you the same way kind of do you know what I mean like it's a weird dynamic like being friends first like we used to discuss like who we were getting with and like talk about like yeah. as friends mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird then to go on like to be actually in a relationship and know that you've had them conversations with that person about somebody else do you know what I mean I do think about that and like I've had this conversations with before with people and I was I thought like is it easier or harder to get into a relationship with somebody you're friends with and the obvious answer is oh it's easier you know everything about them it's more natural but then like that shift between friendship to relationship what's that like um like he is my best friend like he is he knows absolutely everything about me and me to him 
and like in a way it makes our relationship amazing because it's just like fun like we just play do you know what I mean like we just have the crack <laughs> play like that um like you know what I mean we just have the crack but um yeah like there is a certain amount of it I always think like um what you don't know won't hurt you do you know what I mean and sometimes when you're kind of given an insight into that thing like there's certain people that like you know, I was his bestie and they like, you know, like certain girls would have been like my friend because they were getting with him and it's just like, oh, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like I just kind of, it is hard and I feel like everyone's human. Like you're going to kind of get caught up and I, of course, like I, I've been through the thing of being like, oh, fuck's sake, thinking about that person Comparing. or that person. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. I think it's only human to compare yourself to certain people. But I genuinely think that we have a really good relationship. And whenever I feel like that, I can bring it to him. Do you know what I mean? And we'll like, feel like talk that. Do you mean like feel insecure? Yeah, insecure. Mm. I've definitely gone through different motions. And I think that personally, well, I don't know if it would be the same for everyone. Like you have to love yourself. You have to be happy in yourself to be in a happy relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't have somebody else fulfilling you. And I think for, a, no, I'm not going to say a long time, like maybe in second year we were in a good place, but I wasn't as much. And I maybe didn't feel comfortable enough to tell him that. Do you know, I didn't want to <clears> like project that on him. And I was kind of just going through the motions and sorting out stuff myself. But like, what did you, you feel yourself in second year? I felt very. I felt insecure, to be honest, like, like, so, you know, the way Bream is doing, like, the DJ and thing, and, like, sometimes I'd never, ever expect that, like, I trust him 100%, but sometimes, like, when, like, I don't know if it's, like, a normal thing to be in, but, like, when your boyfriend's, like, a DJ and everyone's, like, oh, Bream, woo, like, that sounds so gay, but, like, it's kind, it's weird, like, it is kind of, like, Ooh. and then people will come up to you and be like oh I never mean it's like okay do you know like, what I mean it's but it's, that is a unique situation if the person that you're with gets a lot of female attention in this situation yeah, yeah. you have no experience with that you don't know how to react and if you're not feeling good about yourself your reaction is never going to be positive yeah that's the thing and it was you, never you don't thing. want competition on top of the insecure feelings that you feel exactly and it was never I say like competition air quotes but you distrust yeah. yeah it's a weird i think it's like kind of human nature that you almost like you're not going to completely like shut it out you're going to be like aware now i never ever would have i would just smile and be like hello how are you? Do you know like mm. i don't i'm i don't get involved like that and if there was any issues, I'd talk about it and he'd do, you know, he'd go about that. I'd never, I've never done anything or confronted anyone or, do you know what I mean? I'm not like that. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, but, but does... also if you did, I think that would be natural. And I think you wouldn't need to give yourself, you know what I mean? Like that kind of person, like I understand what you're saying. You're not going to be someone who's going to go to guys and like, why you give my boyfriend <laughs> Get attention? Get away from my boyfriend. Yeah, age. exactly. <laughs> but I... I can understand why people would do that, you know? Yeah. But, like, I think that does come from your own self-esteem more mm -hmm. than what they're projecting on. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was never any trust issues or, like, doubt in my mind. It was all from myself. 
So I think that just comes back to like, you need to be 100% because maybe if I was feeling happier in myself, I would have been like, no, there's nothing to worry about. La la, just enjoy the night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like picking on them little things that were kind of niggling at my insecurities rather than anything in our relationship. It was that like thing of, oh, am I good enough? Do you know what I mean? Like comparing myself to somebody else. It's Mm. not really... It doesn't reflect on the relationship as a whole. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fair though. Fair, and you're very brave for saying that. Like, do you know? I mean, regardless of if you have insecurities in your relationship or not, that's hard because you are their other person. Yeah. And they have so many options again in air quotations. You know. Yeah, true. And how did you deal with that? Or, like, what was the outcome of that? Did you ever discuss it? Um, like, see, from... So we prob- we started, like, being a thing at the end of first year. And after first year, I kind of had to deal with my own stuff. And I went through counselling and stuff for different things that happened through first year. And... I went on like antidepressants. I just I'll put that out there like I yeah. um because that w- was what I needed at the time. And to be honest, I didn't actually I didn't tell him that until maybe probably Christmas because I found it really hard to like I didn't want I don't know if this makes sense. I didn't want in a relationship to feel like I was um like, I needed to be minded or, like, you know, he needed to look out for me or, yeah. like, he needed to be worried about me. Yeah. Like, it should be... I feel like it should be equal and there shouldn't be one person, like, hang, pulling down the other person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that was very selfless of you, wasn't it? No, I think it was more... It wasn't even from a selfless point of view. It was more like a pride thing. Okay. Like, I didn't want to... Like, I'm a pride person. Like, you know, I let on everything's grand and keep going. Like, everything's grand because... I don't know, that's just what I feel more comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, coming up to Christmas, um, I became more comfortable in the relationship. Like, as we got closer and, like, I suppose that just happens, like, as you become closer to people, you can share more things. Do you know why you became more closer? Was there any instance that he showed vulnerability as well? Or did your relationship just become more secure and more consistent? Um, I suppose it was like different times where there was more like vulnerability, nothing like, you yeah, know, like yeah. to point out to like nothing serious <laughs> that actually happened. There was nothing like actually, like nothing substantial actually happened, but I don't know. I feel like you just kind of, I think it was more, I became more open to talk about stuff because he'd be quite like honest. Like if something was on his mind, he'd just say it out. Yeah. But I'm quite like reluctant to kind of share my emotions and is it with Breen or with everybody with everyone really because I found with you like my relationship with you you've been very open with me yeah maybe it's just like romantic relationships I don't know like it depends on the person I feel like me and you came like are on the same level so it's not if I say something you're not like what the fuck you know you're like oh it depends you know what I mean like it depends on the person like if it was somebody that hadn't been through like saying like 
I've been through so much stuff. But you know, like if it was somebody that just can't relate in the same yeah. way, if I was to say something, they might like uh, maybe that's just me judging that they wouldn't understand or, or be able to react in a certain way. Do you know? I think that's they such a natural to way to feel. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do feel like that. If you don't know that somebody, it's like why we kind of like in general people are more reluctant to offload or open up to people that you know have gone through stuff but I feel like even like the more say I opened up to you and then you realize that I've gone through stuff the more we open up the more we realize that we can relate to each other a lot more than we think yeah you know mad but if you don't kind of get through that barrier like I feel and like in school before that like say like back a few years ago I'd never really touch into that person and maybe it was because I never really had made it, it to myself yeah. that I wasn't ready to talk about it to other people. Yeah. So once I kind of was like, okay, this is how I'm feeling, whatever, then I could kind of try to begin to explain it. But I found such a problem trying to get them words out. Like I remember I'd sit like in my head and like, okay, I want to talk about this thing that happened and it would take me six months to get it out and is this like with Breen or with any specific person I noticed it a lot with Breen because I think my defenses were kind of up and I felt like maybe if I said something it could like change the relationship but like I did feel that with like a few people but maybe not to the same level like with Breen it was probably the worst like with the fear that you felt yeah I think so but like he noticed it like he like, we'd be sitting there, and I'd, like, bring something up, and he'd, like, just say it. Like, say what you're feeling. And I'd be there, like, <laughs> you know, like, I actually couldn't physically get out what I wanted to say. And it'd be, like, running through my head, running through my head, running through And then I'd be, like, no, it's fine. It's, it's nothing. And, like, then maybe three months later, like, I actually remember something happened, like, last February. <laughs> this is so funny. And in maybe October... We were like driving one day and I was like, um, I just want to talk about this thing. And he's like, what? I was like, remember that time in February? Well, this is how I felt. And it took me genuinely that long to get it out until I felt comfortable like I saying. I can relate to that though. Yeah. And it, I think it's like, I don't know, like you, I don't know, it kind of takes longer to process it or like just feel comfortable saying it out in mm. a safe space or something. Yeah. But I don't know. Once you get it out. <laughs> yeah. Probably it is progressively true, though, like, get better at it. Even like difficult conversations that you want to have with people. Um, they're so, it's such a massive thing in your head. But it's always easier in reality, isn't it? Like, yeah. It if is. You, if you're with the right people. Do you know what I mean? If the right people is reciprocating and I just think in general it's always easier than what you built up to be in your head. But I can relate to that. True. Yeah, and like it's like when you say that, it all just kind of like oh, it's actually it's nearly like such a mm. what would you kind of anti climax, yeah, because yeah. it's just like oh, it's actually not the explosion I thought I wasn't getting the reaction I thought it was gonna yeah get from that or whatever like, but it takes a lot of courage. Like I know myself, if you're feeling anxious or you're overthinking, like I'm such an overthinker. If you've worked something up in your head, and it's such a big deal, and like it is a big deal to you if something's hurt you. No matter how small it is or something someone said, like, if it hurts you, it's a big deal. Yeah. And if you have the courage to bring that up and say it, like, fair play, like, you know. Yeah. And you have to kind of nearly be proud of yourself for saying that because it's taken a lot to get to that point. Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Go on, Kim. You're very good for like starting the conversation with like good questions. Um, Breen, second year. Um, we talked a bit there about like mental health and just expressing your feelings and like anxiety and going to the doctor. Do you want to? Is there anything else left there that you want to say, or are you? Do you want to just draw a line and we'll move on to something else? No. Um, like I do want to say I. I think since leaving cert, like I've gone through a lot of shit that I wasn't, I was very reluctant to admit to myself and other people. Like I was so resistant that I was fine. Like I remember just telling my mom, I'm fine. Like I'm fine. I don't need anything. And I remember one day her saying to me, like Tara, you know, it's not normal to be crying every day. Like it's not normal to feel like that. It could be easier. When were you crying every day? Was this like the summer Um, first year? The last, I remember it so well, like the last two Christmases. So like this Christmas and the Christmas before. And I remember just like Christmas Eve. I think it's just like when you realise that like it should be a really happy time. Do you know like? I was just going to say, you just t- saying there that you'd cry Christmas or feel sad at Christmas. I just felt a massive relief because I always get really sad over Christmas. I'd say the last, maybe not even two, I'd say three. I remember three years ago having to like leave. Do I have a car then? Yeah, I would have a car. I remember leaving halfway through Christmas mass because I just couldn't like stand there. I couldn't like be the whole happy families thing. Like I just didn't feel it. And I went home to bed and I remember like that just broke my mom's heart. Like she was so sad that like I couldn't sit through mass. Mm. And it wasn't even for anyone else. She just knew that like that was upsetting me so much. It was like hurting her. Did you feel pressure then seeing how it affected her? Yeah, I think so. And I think it was more a thing in my head, like Christmas is such a lovely time and I'm so lucky to be here with all my family and like, yeah. I shouldn't be feeling like that. Do you know, like it makes no logical sense. Like what is causing that much upset? Like a Christmas, even this year, like I, like I hadn't been to counselling in a while and my grandparents come up and I remember just being like, I had to actually go for a drive. It was like the 27th and I don't even know if I told Brian this because I just was like, so like, why am I feeling like this? And I went for a drive. I remember I went and seen him and we went for a walk. And then I literally just drove around for like an hour and a half. And I had like, I would say 10 rollies. And I just was, I sat at the chapel and cried for like two hours. And I was just like, what am I sad about? Mm. Like, what's upsetting me? I'm like, and it, I had my family. I had like all these different things. And I just didn't understand what it was like stemming from. Do you know, like it, it's really, I remember it used to really like frustrate me. Like, what, what is this? Like, what is upsetting me like I just want to get to the bottom of it because it doesn't make sense like yeah. why it's feeling like that or like do you know when you've everything well you feel like you've everything that you should have everything to be on paper yeah. yeah on paper to be happy and you're just not like content um but then I don't know like I went to like a counsellor then in January like before I did my exams and then I slowly just started to like feel better again I suppose yeah, like it's great isn't it yeah it is very it's very helpful and like I'm very lucky to have had time at home I actually think like not going back to college was so beneficial to me like I had do you know what actually I had six or seven weeks homeschooling with my little brothers and sisters and I think that was the best therapy I ever could have gotten like mm. it was just so wholesome yeah like it was just so wholesome like them being like at seven o'clock in the morning you make me shreddies with sugar it's hot so I need it in the microwave can you do it like it's yeah. so cute yeah. you know like and then come like can I sleep in your bed like it's yeah, just so yeah. cute and I was at home for so long and I think that actually 
It was like rehab. Yeah, it was like lockdown three. Like it just, I don't know. It was so nice. And then, I don't know, like things do just get better. Like if you, I think time fixes everything. Do you know what these things, like everyone goes through, it's not easy. Like it's not, it's not nice, but you will get through it. Yeah. I have to say, you saying there, like what you said about Christmas, I just think that was so brave and it will do so much for so many people. Yeah. You mightn't think it, but me personally hearing it, I just felt a massive weight being lifted off me because you know I you feel guilty because it's such a I nice time. I always feel, and especially the last couple of years, like since my dad left, Christmas has never been the same. It's just yeah. been me and my mom. And like, we'd just be looking at each other and I used to think as well, which is I've like, maybe an, I don't know, my mindset has always been I would try and like head towards positivity and be like, aren't we so, I'm, aren't I so lucky that my mom is not in a toxic relationship anymore and we get to share Christmas without walking on eggshells, basically. And then I felt so guilty that I wasn't happy. I was like, my brother is happy. You know, I know my family's happy. Like I know my sister's happy. Um, I mightn't be with her. I might be with him, but I know they're happy. And I used to just, no, don't get me wrong, like, I do have the crack of Christmas, me and mom drink fucking cokes, we fucking sing fever and we have a good time, like, we do, but sometimes I do feel really sad around Christmas time and I felt so guilty, yeah. but to, to hear you say, when you have, like, a picture-perfect family on paper, that you can feel the same, I'm like, maybe we all can feel this, you know, yeah, definitely. and if you were brave enough to say it, like, so am I, Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe sometimes I can be a bit sad. Uh, but maybe it's not to do with my dad. Maybe it's to do with something bigger than that. You know what I mean? I think there's such um, an expectation, maybe. Yeah. Of, like, this holiday that's meant to be so happy and so whatever, like... I just think it's hyped up sometimes, mm. you know? And, like, honestly, Christmas, if you're not in a good place, is... I remember, I dreaded it. Like, even it's this It's dark year, and it's it cold is. and it's... It's scary. It's, and it even, is. like, you wake yeah. up... I remember, like, on Christmas Day, I held it all together. This is so silly. Like, I got a present from my dad and it was so, like... I told mom and dad, like, I didn't want any presents. And I, I didn't expect it. And I actually felt, like... I don't know, guilty for getting it. I just felt, like, really, like... I didn't deserve that. Like, thank you. But I don't really want to open it. I think you should return it. And they were like, what are you on about? And mommy pulled me to the side and was like, sometimes, you know... Like, a Christmas, it's other people that are giving you the present. Like, you know, it's for them too. Yeah. Like, you have to accept it. You have to be, that's part of their present to give it to you. And, and that brings them joy. Yeah, yeah, it brings them joy, your kind of reaction, you know. So do it for them. Like, they wanted to give it to you, so accept it. That's that's their choice. You can't mm. control that, you know. I remember just being like, oh, my God. Like, how have I turned a Christmas present into something kind of sad, nearly? Like, it was mm. so... I don't know, there was just, like, so many emotions. And even, like, my grandparents there, I just felt like a whole day I had to, like, well, you know, keep it up, like, this really big, happy, smiley thing. And it was so exhausting, like... And I went to bed at, like, 6 o'clock, and I just lay there for a while. It was like, I'm actually drained from, like, yeah. you know, being so, like, happy and yeah. energetic. Like, it is. It's If you're not in, like, a good place, it's so draining. It's so hard to keep up that kind of... Yeah. Sad nearly. Do you know like I actually think that I've never acknowledged acknowledged it fully until you said it there. 
It is. A, can be a really fucking hard time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and nobody ever talks about it though. No, and especially when like you're seeing like, I suppose it's different in my house. Like I have a little like Kira's what nine, eight, and seven. So obviously they're like Santi mad and everything's just about Santi and like, you know, it was the best time ever. So you're like living it through them. But like when they kind of die down or they're not in the room, it's, it is lonely. Like it's really kind of, yeah. you're left with your own thoughts and you're just kind of like, okay, what's the next thing? Like it's a, mm. it's a weird time. It really is. Yeah. And especially this year, like I've always worked up to it and it's been, it, it was just such a long Christmas of being in the mm. house and not doing anything else. There was no going out there was no yeah there was no break from that like family kind of yeah everyone be happy together kind of you know vibe yeah it's weird I that's so funny that you said work as well because I remember when I was working in Mark Spencer's Christmas used to be mental like it was just mad all the reduced shoppers coming in and people pulling turkeys out of your hands and just <laughs> they were just crazy like and I remember when I worked there thinking oh all those lucky bitches who don't work at Christmas and are just chilling out with their family, eating or drinking Bailey's coffee or and just chilling out. And they, they have a good. Yeah. I'd finished Christmas. I've, I remember the last Christmas I worked in my Spencer's, my brother picked me up and he dropped me home. And then me and mom was working as well. So we got home and the two of us were so knackered. We just sat on the couch. And like, all I wanted to do was eat celebrations and drink vodka and coke, like simple life. <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking tired. And then I went to bed and I had this lie in Christmas day. That was probably a good Christmas because I was just tired and like I was vibing with all my work friends we were all in a foul mood because we were working Christmas Eve till eight o'clock and we didn't want to be there the first Christmas I didn't have to work I was like this endless stretch of a Christmas Eve in front of me I'm supposed to enjoy it I'm supposed to dress up it's supposed to be amazing I don't want to fucking do it and it's just so strange it's just like the the grass is always greener the grass is always greener like you know I like in my head I thought that like I had a heart in Marks and Spencer's like working and but like I loved going in having the crack taking the piss like uh, going into the fridge like hiding from work yeah having the crack with customers making mistakes getting in trouble like all of that stuff gives you it just it's living like you know isn't it and like getting collected and being tired and and then when you have even like (laughs) <laughs> having time to complain about being tired like that's yeah. part of your nearly personality like I remember when I was working cramming hotel. college work like, yeah in the canteen I have no time like I'm so I busy remember, I'm such a busy person I remember in the canteen trying to get one of the lads to submit my assignment so I could like eat my lunch before <laughs> I went back out like and like stuff like that it's just like natural high it's weird yeah, like, yeah. and you complain about it but you're actually thriving on yeah, it yeah it's in a weird, weird way isn't it? Yeah. yeah and then when you don't have it you're nearly like you've nothing to kind of keep you going like not keep you going but like stimulate you nearly it's weird because like yeah just like okay I'm relaxed now I don't have to go to work but you feel a bit shit about yeah. yourself because you're just like perched there and you've no aim you have no purpose yeah no purpose except to relax and just like indulge and you're like I don't want to fucking do that yeah. it's weird like isn't it so weird you know, if someone was to have told you like when you were working at Marcus Spencer even me like in the hotel like if you had a week to sit there with no responsibilities and be like paid you know like yeah. on this like payment and you can just sit and watch Netflix you'd be like oh yeah fuck I'd take that you know like yeah. you take it any day but then when you're actually in it you're like no I, I'd go back to work you know yeah. it's so funny like I know you're just never happy I think it's just back to the thing of you need to be content in yourself because if you're happy in yourself what you're doing like in your surroundings will just kind of fit into that 
you know, yeah. if you're really busy, but you're happy in yourself, you'll be fine. If yeah. you're doing nothing, but you're happy in yourself, you'll be fine. Yeah. If you're not happy in yourself and you're doing everything else, you're still not going to be 100% because you True. haven't got that, Yeah. you know, and fulfillment. It, and it is like, I do think like the prime state of like living is like trying to find the thing that gives you a fire in your belly and pursue that. It's like what yeah. me and Emma were talking about. But also... Like, if you are happy in yourself and you have a little part-time job in a coffee shop or in Marks and Spencer's or somewhere like that or in a hotel, you can find happiness anywhere. Yeah. If it, if it's inside you, you can find it anywhere. Yeah. It's just weird, isn't it? It's funny. It's so true. I think, I think, I, I don't know if I heard it from podcasts, but it was me and you talking, but like people's fulfillment levels are different. Was that me and you talking, no? Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, someone could be fulfilled... They could be one liter fulfilled. That's all it takes to fulfill them. But if you're like five liters fulfilled, you know, it's going to take more to fulfill you. So somebody who's working in Tesco and meets their friends on the weekend and that is what fulfills them and they're 100% that that is them happy, a liter full of fulfillment. But there could be somebody that needs to like, you know, go to the gym, needs to meet their friends, needs to do this full-on job, needs to see their family, and that takes, like, five litres of fulfilment. But, like, everyone's fulfilment is different. I, yeah, it's, it is true. Like, a lot of people, like, have a different, like, things that they need to Gage fulfill. It, but yeah. also, it's worth noticing that, like, say, you, you say two people there, one person works in Tesco and they meet their friends the weekends, they're fulfilled. The other person needs all these things. Like mm-hmm. they need to go to the gym, they need to do these things, they need these things. The question is why why do they need these things? Yeah, true. You know? It's like is that really fulfilling them? Yeah. I suppose but that's that's another podcast. That's another <laughs> podcast. Something more qualified needs to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And next week we have a psychologist. Ross Purcell yeah yeah oh, at Ross Purcell if you hear this please come on the podcast <laughs> please imagine imagine if Ross just rocked up with Willie like oh, I'd die I'd die I wouldn't be able or to speak does. I'd just like piss myself <laughs> I'm vegan I swear <laughs> I just refused to cancel the Iqgals in my head because no, I'm like no I'm not during the lockdown they brought me so much yes, joy yes 100% and some, they were and my I, besties in the lockdown they were my best friends like I like even um they're like uh their podcasts like uh, that like destigmatize like sex shaming and stuff like that I think is so good like they like opened there was some of the stuff I listened to and I was like what the fuck like other people think that about bum holes like honestly like some of the stuff they opened up so much conversation about sex that you never knew like I literally like some of the stuff I thought was like oh my god I thought I was a freak yes they like that too yeah 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 yeah. like and it just like opens up yeah no you can never get rid of them they're They're, um, I'm trying to think what would be good. Do you want to talk about um, food and your relationship with it? Or would you like to not talk about that? Um, no, I feel like I have... Um, maybe since second year... Even actually, I was looking back on pictures today because one of my friends asked me to send pictures for like another girl's like 21st. Like we're making like a little scrapbook. And I was looking back and I was like, what the hell? Like, I look so different in photos. Like, and I just feel like my face is so, like, chubby. Like, I look like a completely different person. I don't know if that ties into, like, that person that I was in, like, sixth year, like, when I was just going out all the time and I didn't really like her. Like, I kind of resent her for, like, being so carefree. I get that. I kind of resent, um, 
versions of myself that have been more carefree and loosely living and Mm -hmm. not as restrictive and I remember having this mindset like when I saw that person in that year whatever and I would be chubbier and I would remember that I would be out drinking I would be more um reckless Mm -hmm. and I kind of remember having like a bad opinion on my like say maybe when I was leaving sir I'd look back to myself in like fourth year too I and I would be like oh that person it all ties in with the kind of food ideology like I was like reckless with my life um you know wild and not restrictive so the opposite of restrictive is indulgent yeah and I resent that part of myself so I can relate to that yeah I don't know like I can't tell if it's I don't know maybe I still have like a bit of a thing about it because I like I have lost a significant amount of weight from say like first year like when like would you notice no well I notice like if you look I back suppose, pictures y- yeah, I can notice them myself like y- y- you've I've noticed because you have said it to me and because I am a person who has experience w- with like significant weight loss and because I had like issues with food I would be kind of conscious with significant weight losses with people around me so yeah, I would have noticed, but not in the sense that like you were ever overweight or you were no you ever, no you I definitely I wasn't. But I think that also in the time that I would say I was like chubbier, in quotations, um, I was eating a lot more like takeaways and drinking a lot more, and like now I have a lot like I have much healthier lifestyle. Do you know, like I do a lot more exercise. Like I'm not by any means underweight I don't know it's a it's a very fine line like when you have kind of like a problem with food or you like think about because I still do it like I actually was thinking about it today after you talk or after you talking about in the podcast and even how like I in my head I'd be like okay I made brownies last night and I was like right I've had like two brownies I'm not gonna eat like shit food for like two days and then I was like what like, you can't say that to yourself Do you know it's that kind of like mindset it's like you're nearly limiting yourself because you think that's what is the right thing to do or something it's very it's very bizarre I don't think I'm as bad as I was because I think I went through a stage of like if I ate something I really hated myself I got really bad for like smoking rollies and drinking tea and I instead of eating instead of eating like I wouldn't eat much else and it was so rotten like I don't know but like it obviously like nicotine kind of inhibits or inhibits your um, appetite so I wasn't hungry so I thought I wasn't hungry I don't know like if I actually didn't want food I don't I don't know but like I was aware that it was kind of an unhealthy pattern to be in um I don't know it's a really hard one like I have I'm sure I've told you this like I've deleted Instagram the whole Instagram thing came from not wanting to see certain people like there were certain maybe relationships that had like cut off different friendships that had cut off and by seeing their like Instagram posts it was hurting me like it was kind of I nearly was like reluctant to look at the stories or whatever because I thought I might see them doing something and it would like you know kind of be like "Hmm," and hurt me so I stopped kind of looking at stories first of all and I was on FaceTime to 
one of the girls from home just before like New Year's and they were saying how they're going to delete Instagram for three days. And I was like, oh, it's such a good idea. Because like with New Year's coming up, I just wasn't doing it nice. And I thought that with COVID, some people would be doing stuff and I'd be kind of like looking at the stories and like, oh, I wish I was doing something. Do you know that yeah. kind of like you're missing out, but you actually wouldn't be doing anything anyway. It's a weird kind of thing with COVID. Like you want to be doing it and you're almost jealous and you're bitter and it's like so many emotions in one and you just feel shit like after seeing the story. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to delete Instagram because I'll feel better. Um, And I have re-downloaded it. Like what are we now? Nearly April. I've re-downloaded it, I'd say five times. Like to look at when someone's told me, like, I remember one of the girls I went to school with was like, oh, I'm doing this project. I need you to follow this thing on Instagram. So like, okay, I'll follow it. Went back onto Instagram and like looked at the DMs, whatever. And I've done it a few times, but I don't miss it. And I honestly feel a massive relief of like anxiety of like seeing, first of all, like what other people are like and what other people are doing, what other people are, whatever. And then the things of like, I didn't realize how much like food, um like skinny girls like all them things that come up in your explore that I didn't even know was like a preference of mine I didn't know that that's what I liked or like looked at on Instagram but it was there in front of me all the time even still in my explore and I thought I had filtered out I thought I had replaced all the negativity especially around food and like models and weight I thought I replaced it with positive stuff yeah even still on my explore whatever way the algorithm works I still have like girls showing their abs yeah um food plants and then it's just such an addiction I still find myself clicking into them and I'm like yeah. why am I doing this you know you can't help yourself I don't know like I don't know if it's a thing because with TikTok like I've started to use TikTok I told you that and like Pinterest Pinterest is my my best friend but like it doesn't like cut me the same way when it's like on Pinterest or TikTok it seems just really like I don't know, soft and cute or something. I can't explain it, but on Instagram, like if I see something really like, oh, it's Instagram, oh, I hate Instagram. It just, and even the times I've re-downloaded it, it's like caused this anxiety. And even when I see all the stories that are like obviously piled on because I haven't looked at anything in so long, I get this like kind of wave of anxiety where I'm just like, I don't want to do it to myself. And then I read, I delete it again. I honestly, like, I don't miss it. Like, if Instagram is causing you any form of anxiety, get rid of it. Like, you you fill it with something else. Like, I fill it with Pinterest boards of, like, what I'm going to do in my fucking kitchen of. And, like, I don't know, whenever I get a kitchen. Like, it's so funny. Like, you fill them gaps with something else. And it's so much easier, like... Mm. I don't know. I know yeah. I want a green bedroom next because that's what I keep looking up yeah. on Pinterest. Like, but even when you go, like, I don't know how many times a day. I don't want to know that I pick up my phone or I go on Instagram. What are you looking at? I Empty know. content. Shite. Like, <laughs> Literally. I know. Like, imagine. I know this is so like stupid, but imagine every time that you picked up your phone to check Instagram, you went outside and you looked at a tree. Yeah. Imagine if you did that. Like, how different your life would be. I know. Or even like read a quote. Oh, Kim, you probably do that. <laughs> I was actually going to quote something there that I stopped myself. <laughs> I just thought it? of this Oh, quote. it was actually Ed Cunningham, I think, who said, um, if you're feeling anxious, check your screen time. It's simple but effective. Because if your screen time is high, it usually like correlates with your, your anxiety. For him, anyways, that's what he said. <laughs> if you had to give advice to anyone in secondary school doing their leave insert... 
from what you've said about leaving certain stuff, what advice would you give from your own experience? Um, there's no rush. Like if you pick, like look at it like a stepping stone. You're going to pick this course and it might not be what you want to do for the rest of your life. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. Like it's going to be a stepping stone onto the next thing that you want to do. And once you do this course and whatever, you, you don't have to feel committed. That's what you're going to do forever. Like you don't have to commit to that. Just feel like you can apply yourself and show how like strong and resilient and whatever you are to be able to progress through that course. And that will show and you will be able to do whatever you want in other things. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're good enough to get through one course, you can get through another. You shouldn't like feel like you're stuck at one thing. Pick something that you're interested in. Pick something that you could excel in. And after that, like the world's your oyster. Like once you have a degree, you can get another degree. Like, you know, you don't have to be stuck to the one thing for the rest of your life. Like I'm not going to do biochemistry for the rest of my life. I know I'm not. Yeah. But I'll do it for the next few years and do as good as I can in it. And from there, it will open other doors. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.